Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody. The podcast where we talk with people behind top nonprofit galas and signature fundraising events to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm really excited to have a very special guest on. Her name is Jan Mitchell, and Jan is the executive director for the Miss Texas organization. And while people associate, you know, pageants with the, you know, with the Miss Texas organization, what people don't realize is that the Miss America competition is the largest purveyor of scholarships for young women in the United States. So it's a really fun, unique, interesting way to raise money that, that really benefits people and their community. So I thought it would be a really good segment and talk with someone who's really knowledgeable and really fun on the matter. And Jan, with that, Jan, welcome. And we're so excited to have you on as a guest today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, talk a little bit about what the mission of Miss Texas is. Okay. The mission of Miss Texas really is to, and I know it sounds cliche, but to empower women, but really to empower them in whatever they really want to do. And I know it's a pageant, but at the same time, there's so many different areas that the women can be helped with and really grow in themselves. And that is how they express themselves. If they are speaking, being a public speaker, speaking to groups, whether it's in a school or, you know, on the, the in a, you know, a, a big, huge organization where they are the main speaker, it could be um, their talent. They miss in our system, you have to have a talent. So it could be expressing yourself with their talent uh, and education. You said it in the beginning, you know, they don't win uh, diamonds and, and all kinds of fancy stuff or apartments in New York City, but they actually get uh, scholarship money. It's money that goes directly to the school of their choice or wherever they're getting their education or want to take extra classes. And that is what we think is the uh, most important and the most fun part. And it's really helpful for the young women. You know, I'm glad that you know you talk about that and how it helps young women and even some of the scholarship recipients, you know, like my husband had judged it one year and the winner, Madison Fuller, is actually a teacher. So, I mean, it, you know, education steeps, you know, really deeply, you know, within a lot of the folks that do it and they go into all types of different careers. And, you know, that's why I love that 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 is what Madison's path was because she really wanted to make a difference in the everyday, you know, lives of children. I thought that that was, you know, I really thought that that was fantastic, you know, fantastic. And the other thing that you brought up that I think is so important, especially right now is public speaking, because coming out of COVID, people have a lot of social anxiety. People are really socially rusty. And I don't think people realize, you know, when you stand on a stage in front of, and I've been to a Miss Texas, you know, competition, there's a couple thousand people in the room. So, I mean, it's a lot. And that uh, that was before the pandemic. So, you know, post-pandemic, there's a lot of really important skills that really, I think, even now more than ever are really relevant. Absolutely. There really are. And, you know, even if a, even if it's a, a young woman and she has gotten her degree, uh, taking extra courses. I know for me, I wish I could go and take some graphics classes. You know, there's some things that when I was younger, we just didn't have that. And I think, oh my goodness, I would love to be able to do that. So it's continuing in higher education as well. I love that. Yeah. Because the, the um, if I, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, people can be in the competition until they're 24. So it's young women and it can be young women right out of college as well. And it's actually raised to 28. 
Oh, you've raised it to 28 recently. Yes, oh, yes, that's yes, fantastic. Yes. yes, absolutely. So that really allows people all through their 20s. And if they do want to get a master's degree, they really can, you know, work within the Miss Texas absolutely. and Miss, Miss America system to do that. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, tell me how you initially got involved with this organization. Well, as a young girl, I never did pageants at all. Uh, I, and But I love to watch Miss Texas on TV. Of course, you know, my parents and, you know, it was just Miss America was the big thing. And you'd watch Miss America once a year and all that. And I was asked by a friend to come and judge a local. Well, I didn't know. I In my head, all I had reference to was what I had watched on TV. And I didn't have the concept of, of actually a local community contest or pageant. So when I went, I remember thinking, you know, I, I thought of the TV show. It's not anything like that. I was, you know, taken aback by the girls and they were so smart and they had the teen division and the Miss division. And I remember looking at the other judges, I felt very ill-equipped because of the concept that I had going in. And yet these young women knew about their world and the, you know, things that were going on around them. Every single one of them have some kind of a service initiative that they spend time with. So they are so well and everything that I, the concepts that I had completely changed. And so it started with that. And because I love the whole idea of it, I thought, you know what? I want to be a local director in my community. I didn't know anything about pageants at all. So I just quickly gathered a bunch of people who did, you know how they say, get uh, uh, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And that's what we did. I had the excitement and the fun and the, you know, the wide eyed, you know, oh my gosh, we're going to conquer the world. We're going to do so much and all that. And then I had some people that really knew what they were doing and that's how it started. Wow. So it started. And that's what I really love about the Miss Texas system is people don't realize that it really it's almost like popcorn kernels. You know, it starts with all these little seeds. I love that. <laughs> within communities all around the country, not just Texas, but really everywhere. And, you know, they they blossom and they blow up and, you know, it gets bigger and bigger, you know, as it you know, as it goes around. So I do have one question, you know, because you speak really passionately about it. And, you know, you started, you know, you, you started as a, you know, basically as a, you know, as a judge for a local competition, what made, what makes you so passionate about this organization that you've given your time for so many years to really help, you know, help fortify these young women? You know, if, if I had to list, I think the thing that was most exciting for me in the beginning is really still the same. And that is watching uh, something in a community grow and watching young women come in and seeing throughout their year of being the title holder, the change in them. I had a girl that came and had just heard that we gave scholarship money away, had no money, ended up first runner Miss America and earned well over $50,000 for her education. Wow. So it's like that part of it. And then the other part I think is I've always liked to build things and to just start out with something small and through volunteers and people that come together, uh, really being philanthropic in the community. I mentioned the girls have a service initiative. So I found myself learning about all kinds of the, everything that they were interested in. I was learning about it. And then I think the most important is I love it that it is all volunteer. Nobody gets paid. We are literally doing it. I can go and sing, you know, choruses about how fabulous it is. And anybody <laughs> that I'm talking to, 
knows that it's not anything that's going to, it's not like my job, I'm going to get a paycheck or I'm going to get, you know, extra money if I recruit. It is simply because I believe in the program. And I think for me, that's, that's what I love the most about it. Well, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about that because that really is the one thing that blows me away about, you know, the Miss Texas system is that it is all volunteers and you've got literally hundreds of pageants throughout the state. So they're really, I don't think there's any person better equipped to ask this question than you, but what advice would you give to someone who's wanting to start their own nonprofit or their own passion in terms of looking to recruit volunteers for their specific nonprofit and cause? And, and not only that, but keeping them involved and allowing them to grow people like yourselves eventually into leadership positions, because I just think that's amazing. Right. I think the most important thing is to keep it positive and fun or something that you really believe in, because people will give of themselves if it's something that they believe in. They're not getting paid. So it's one of those things that you really have to think about. If I'm not getting paid and I'm doing something and then something else comes up, you know, I can go on a vacation or something or my kids or whatever. I can just say, hey, I'm not getting paid for this. But if you have the passion, if people are really enjoying themselves and the environment is very positive and they feel like it's a family and it's a a group and a team effort, it makes all the difference in the world because then they're having fun. And even though there's a lot of work, there's something about when you get together and you're all doing, doing something like this or any nonprofit that you're passionate about, you have that element of positivity and fun and ownership. And volunteers. I love that. Now, I do have one question because Texas is such a big state. We've got, what, 250 plus counties and we've got big cities. We've got suburbs. We've got small towns. Is Have you found that there's a difference in the way, you know, kind of smaller town volunteer organizations run versus, you know, ones that would be like in Austin or Dallas or Houston? Absolutely. Uh, the smaller towns, they it's all about the community. They love having a girl that went to the high school right there that they can all, you know, circle around and and, uh, really support her. In a bigger city, yeah, you have more people, but at the same time, it's like anything. There's so much going on that it there is a little, I would say in a bigger city, it's a little more difficult. You really have to get the word out um, because in a smaller town, you know, many of those girls would love to be Miss. Sulphur Springs, you know, right. or Miss, you know, a, a, another small town name. So there is a difference, but I think it kind of offsets each other because in the smaller communities, you have less girls. In a big community, you have more. And there again, that goes down to the volunteers. And if they are constantly, you know, seeking girls, making sure at the community colleges that the word is out. You know, I mentioned before about how important the scholarships are. One thing that has been interesting to me is there are actually some girls that compete that they're not planning to go to school. They've graduated or they're finished or whatever, but they just love to do it because they have they love their service initiative. They are really involved. I mean, there's these are some of these young women that have a 501c3. I mean, they're they're really involved. Some of them some of them are not as but they're starting. Others really are. But they love that because it gives them a platform to be able to really get out there and work their service initiative. So it's cool because there might be a girl that's listening or someone that says, you know, I I don't necessarily know if I want to use the money for school, 
but I would love to have that platform to where I can go out and really work what I'm passionate about because for a year, you know, you can pretty much go in anywhere. Miss Texas goes all over the state and everybody wants to hear what she has to say. So it's, and they know it's for real. This isn't a pretty little pageant girl, you know, they're, they get, you know, down and, and work and, and uh, don't go to all the glamorous events they really work their service initiative, whichever one it is. Fantastic. Now, now, can you elaborate a little bit on, you know, for those of us, um, for those who may not be familiar with the term, define a little bit and talk a little bit about what a service initiative is and does. Another word I would use is platform. You okay. know, think about as something that you're just really interested in. It may be anything. It could be breast cancer awareness. It could be um, autism. It could be anything. It could be something small. I mean, I, I, there's girls that are animal lovers and they just really want anything that you're interested in. There's a group of people that are just like you and money that can be raised and information that can be given education on the subject. And that's the key. There's not one better than any other uh, or anything like that. It's just if they have a invested interest in it, and some girls, when they start, they're like, you know, I don't really have anything, but I'm going to think of something. And they will come up with these most wonderful things that they've always been interested in, but didn't have the platform to really work it and dig in and do something about it. I love that they're taking their platform and they're really channeling it forward, you know, forward for good. Now, um, before we exit the volunteer part of the conversation, I did have one more question. So you had talked about how you were initially a judge. You know, talk about the range of ways that people can volunteer with the Miss, within the Miss Texas organization. Because I know that there's, from my experience witnessing it, there's quite a few. <laughs> You know, the first thing that I do, because some people just were like me, had no experience in pageantry at all, but I loved organization and I loved building things and, and, and recruiting uh, volunteers and things like that. The first question I always ask if somebody says, this seems really cool, I'm interested, I would say, what is your skill set? What are you good at? And everybody has something else. I am not good at, you know, keeping the, I mean, I do keep a lot of records, but as far as that, I love to speak and I like to be out there and talking to people. You know, as far as somebody just sitting in an office all day long, but there's other people that are like, oh, I don't even want to be in front of people. That's what I want to do. I love explaining who we are because it's such an education to so many people. It's not what they think. Somebody else may go, that's not my gift, but I love this. I love the, you know, it could even be helping with the girls in colleges. We have um, a gentleman that works at a college and he loves that part of it as far as seeking other colleges that might want to give some scholarship money. So really it's anything that somebody is, it's like any company, you have all kinds of, from the janitor to the secretaries, to the managers, the skill set is really what they love doing because if they love it, um, they, they want to do it. And they want to continue, even if they're not being paid. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I want to touch on something you said earlier, because it, you know, I, I think it bears repeating because you were like, I can do the organizational stuff, but my passion is this. So it's really, it's, it's not just about what you're good at. It's what you're good at. And that, and that is the thing that really kind of gives a volunteer staying power is because Every, I think everyone on the planet has one or two things they're good at that I don't want to say they wish yeah. they weren't good at, but it's like, you know, it's almost like they're begrudgingly good at it. And I love right. that you were like, you know, I can do this, but I'd rather do this. And I love that you brought that up because I think that that's a really important, you know, a really important thing for people when they're talking to volunteers. Listen to them just because they're good at something. You don't just want to get them through the door because you need that right now. 
You want right. to keep them around. So what makes them smile? So just exactly. because someone's organized, if they're looking at you stone-faced, uh -huh. that may not be what you want them for. You know, you may want exactly. them to be, you know, more public facing. <laughs> it's right. funny how that, it's funny how that, you know, how that works. I was just going to say, it's funny though, because a lot of times what people are really good at, they, they do enjoy because they like the fact that they're good at it, but you are exactly right. And some people, when they start and get involved with us and they try different things, they work with production and they're like, I never knew how much fun this is. And so you can start them in one place and then shift them wherever they want to go. Well, and that's actually really the hallmark of someone who can be a leader. If they're willing to do three or four different tasks within an organization, that's someone that you can ask to be on a board, that you can ask them to be an executive director. That's someone you can really ask to get more involved because they're being genuinely interested. Sometimes people won't just say, I'm interested in this. They'll just go and do Pay attention right. to the doers because the doers are, they're kind of unsung heroes. So make, you know, allow them to sing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you touched upon something earlier. You were talking about um, one of the volunteers and how they really enjoy getting colleges to do scholarships. So can you, um, can you please share some, you know, some ways that you go about getting scholarship and foundation dollars um, for the organization? Because you all are all volunteers. Absolutely. The typical way that you would think is you talk to a college and say, hey, would you like to offer the scholarship? But there's a lot of creative ways that you can provide that for young women or access to it where it's not necessarily from a college. It could be a group of people that are for a, a TCU. Uh, I'm just using TCU. We've had several Miss, Amer uh, Miss Texases that graduated from there that love their college, they would say, I would love to donate some money for a girl that wants to go to TCU. And we have what we call, um, there's two ways to win scholarship funds. One is based on skill, what they do if they win talent. But the majority of what we offer in scholarships is what we call, our kind of name for it is called visionary scholarships. And some examples of that would be, for instance, my father, um, was in the Navy. He was in the, the services and he was special to me. And I would say, you know what? I want to um, donate some money to somebody that a girl that is interested in that or has a family member that has an interest in that. And it might be an essay they write. It might be a video they make. And then you can have judges, a, a team of people that will look at those and then select somebody. We had two attorneys that there were some girls that we had that were going to a law school or wanting to go to law school. And they said, you know what, we're going to put our money together and we want to offer that. And so what the girls did, and they had several things that they asked the girls to do, and then they selected. So that was a huge part of what we do. It could be somebody that has, that wants to honor a teacher, somebody that's in the education field. So you take the girls and what they're interested in and maybe the schools they go to and find those things. People just to write a check for a scholarship to someone is completely different than, you know, my husband uh, passed away about eight. It was so meaningful to me to write a check or to gather money together and get donors for just some nameless scholarship was completely different than somebody that got the Jack Mitchell sports scholarship. That really was important. And it was easier for me to go to people who I knew that either loved him or would be interested in something like that. So that's probably our 
biggest way is we personalize the scholarships that the I girls apply for. I love hearing that story. And I love how, you know, first, I'm sorry for your loss. But second, I love the personal connection, the personal tie to that. And people feel compelled to give when they feel emotionally tied. And I think that story really sums that up so well and so perfectly. So I really appreciate you sharing, you know, really sharing that. You know, I want to turn to something that um, you had mentioned earlier, but there's really, there's two tracks. So you've got Miss Teen. And you've got, you know, basically above teens. So talk a little bit about the differences of each and kind of how, you know, someone goes from one, you know, goes from Miss Teen to the adult competition mm -hmm. series. Absolutely. You know, we're known for uh, a lot of the girls. It's not something that they grow up in. A lot of the girls that compete didn't do little girl pageants or anything like that. We do have, Miss America has a fabulous program that's called the Little Sister Program. And that is almost like a mentoring type situation where a little girl from a community can have a title holder that she represents and helps. They get to come to the pageant that week. They get to go on stage and be introduced. They learn about getting a platform or a social initiative. So it's a mentoring type thing. We have found that a lot of those little lone stars is what we call them. Then they're, they're there that week and they're looking around and going, Oh my goodness. Now think if you're a parent and you're sitting in the audience and you have a little daughter and you have these women that are getting scholarship money and they have platforms. They work, they're, they're smart. They're beautiful. They're talented. They spend a lot of their time instead of running around being a teenager, they're really working on things and wanting to make good grades and raise scholarship money and all that. It is a perfect situation. And that's what we have found from our little sister program moving to the teen program, and then they have so much fun. Some girls will come and say, you know what? I never even expect to win. They will compete more than once. We had a girl in Miss Texas, in fact, that competed several times. And somebody asked her, "If you've competed three years. If you haven't won by now. And she goes, what are you talking about? I've gotten college money each year. I'm going for four years. I want college money for next year. And so in, in she ended up winning. But even if she hadn't, the skills that she developed, the money that she raised and are for her scholarship, it made it all worth it. So that's really what we found. The teenagers are, you know, 13 to about uh, 18. And then the, the miss is is, you know, have graduated from high school, moving on and then going up to um, 28 years old. So the the different programs, we have some girls that start in the MIST program and they're 24 years old and have never competed before. Our program is different that we don't really look for a pageant girl per se, not anything wrong with that. One of the sayings I always say, we want young women that experience life and then they do this on the side rather than somebody that does pageants all the time and then they have a little bit of life over here. They're very well-rounded and have a lot of different interests. They bring more to the table and they're more interesting. And that's what really makes it makes makes it work for these young women is to be involved in different things, but then be able to express themselves and learn, like we said, speaking skills, you know, even doing their talent. A lot of times these young women will work on, they're a dancer, let's say. Well, then they get older. Where are they going to go dance if they don't go professionally? This is a great way for them to express themselves. Absolutely. Well, and I love, 
you know, what, what I thought of there was kind of like scalability and will actually lead me kind of into my next question a little, you know, that we'll talk about in a second. But I just love how, you know, these young women have varied interests and they can use that platform. They can take the other skills, like the one you were talking about earlier, who has their, her own 501c3. They can take those other skills and they can run the organization because they've gotten a bunch of disparate different experience spaces based on the various pageants that they've gone to over the years and various competitions they've attended over the years. And I think that's just awesome that they can take a whole bunch of different skills doing it for years and years because they're getting something out of it. It's not necessarily, it warms my heart to hear, yes, winning's nice, but you can win in so many other ways. And that's what I really liked about that story. Absolutely. We, we, the saying is, um, most girls that go through our program, because we really do look at it as a whole empowerment program, is for young women, they usually get every job they apply for because they can sit there and speak. They've been speaking. So they can go into an interview and look you know, the employer in the eye. And when the employer says, why do you want this job? Well, let me tell you, I know about this job. I've done my research and I really feel like I could, I could do this job. Some, some girls will say that they got jobs that they really maybe didn't feel like they were qualified for, but they, the employer was so impressed with them and they knew this, this young woman can learn. So it really, I would say more than anything, it gives them the confidence to be able to enter the world wherever they want to go and actually get those job interviews because of the skills they learned. Well, and I love that, you know, you talk and lean into, like we talked about the beginning of the show about, you know, with COVID communication skills being lacking. And this really, you know, when you're when you're involved in something like this and you've got to speak publicly, it really does give people this really big competitive edge that really at this point in time, it's really about communication skills more than anything else. And the fact that you're absolutely. able to effectively communicate, employers will hire somebody based on that and that alone. Oh, absolutely they will. And employers also look at sometimes social media and a lot of different things and they see this, this person, is involved with this and has this initiative in her community and she is involved in this and she does that just even that before she even comes in for the interview and opens her mouth they see that and they're like wow this is this is a good candidate for this That's position really, i you know i really love that and you know i know that we have i mentioned scaling a second ago so Talk a little bit about, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, the one that's coming up this year, but talk about how the organization goes about scaling from the local competitions to the big Miss Texas competition that's usually held, usually at the beginning of June each year. Right, right, right. Well, in the local competition, uh, it's just that the, the local community would be, you know, seeking girls ultimately that are from that community. Some of them may have gone off to college in with Miss Texas you can actually not live in an area, but you can represent them if you can come and travel and the community loves that because there's not a local in every town, right? So some of these girls that live in a community that doesn't have one, they can go to a community, maybe their grandparents live there, they have history there, or they're just interested in it's a drivable distance and they can plug in and get involved. And on a local level, it's really, that's when you develop and say, what is your platform? What do you want to accomplish? What do we need to work on? Once they come to the big contest in June, that's when they pretty much have all that down. And then the judges are coming to seek who is going to be the ambassador for this program? Who's going to be the spokesperson for this program? And that's when 
everybody comes and brings what they've got to the table. And those judges are thinking, you know, am I going to be comfortable sending her out in the communities and speaking? Am I going to how, you know, all those things. Some people say, oh, it's all about Miss America. Miss America is just a little tiny part, really. I mean, it's our mothership, obviously, but it's what Miss Texas does all year long. And we're really seeking a great Miss Texas. And then, of course, we feel like if it's a great Miss Texas, maybe she'd go and win Miss America. But if she doesn't win and 50 girls are not, if there's 51 of them, 50 won't. We want to have a great Miss Texas when she comes home and does a great job here. And does it for the next year. And absolutely. And, yeah. you know, one thing that I do want to talk about is I'm also that I was really impressed with was the number of Miss Texas alum after they're done competing that remain involved with the organization. So mm -hmm. what advice would you give to somebody to keep people involved in their organization, maybe in different you know, especially because when you go from being a competitor to being a volunteer, that's a very different, you know, a very different thing. What advice would you give to somebody, you know, looking to keep, you know, keeping retention involved, even after years of being most actively involved? Yes. Well, they have an automatic sisterhood because this new girl that just is part of their sister, you know, hood, and they're really good about that. So they love to come to the state competition. They have a special um, outgoing for the Miss Texas that is giving up her title. They have a special uh, meeting or luncheon and, and time with her uh, to help her however she needs as she exits, because it's a whole new world once you've been doing this yeah. for a year. Interestingly enough, which I'm really proud of, we have several girls that, whether they were Miss Texases, we do have one that it was a Miss Texas that has become a local director, but we have several contestants. They didn't win, but now they have come and they're utilizing those skills. They remember, what did I need? What kind of local director? What kind of help did I like? And then they are stepping in. So we have this new group of, of young women coming in that are now giving back, which is wonderful. The, uh, the alums also have a way to do scholarships. Some of them have it in their name. And they will have uh, one is Jamie Story Coleman, and she's in real estate now. But she was a one. She I think she scored a perfect score in her SAT. So she and she will do the, um, you know, the grade point average. You know, she'll have a scholar that they will write thing and send, turn in their transcript, and she'll have that. So we have several Miss Texases and con past contestants that love that visionary, like I was mentioning, those scholarships to where they're giving back to the girls because of what they were given, then they want to get to the girls that come behind them. That's fantastic. And I, what I most, what most inspires me out of that story is the, the one story in particular about someone who was involved and they want to give tips to the next generation. And really it's just, it's good karma and it's paying it forward. And right. I love hearing, you know, I really love hearing that type of story. So I know we're, we're, we're our times, you know, approaching the end here, but can you give us a couple of teasers and sneak peeks as to what's going to happen at the 2024 Miss Texas pageant? Well, it's going to be exciting. Ellie Bro is our current Miss Texas. She'll either come back as the new Miss America or she'll be there. Um, and we may have Miss America, whoever she is, come. But uh, we have a wonderful production company and it's always an amazing show. It is a huge, big stage. Some people will say it's like Miss America. I mean, it's a big, big, it big is. production. These young women don't even realize when they're coming, a lot of them, they're like, oh my, I mean, choreography, it's, it's a really cool, 
we really put an emphasis on that because that is our commercial. That is when people see, oh, wow. So we do. And so, I, you know, as far as the theme and all that, you know, the production team and we're all kind of working on that. But believe it or not, we already we've got the date. We already have the plans. We've started with the music. It's going to be really, really, really fun and exciting. That's for sure. I, you know, I can't wait for it. And before we go, I do want to ask one final question. And that is, what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody looking to get involved in their community? Just start, you know what they say, just do it. Even if it's something small, you don't have to start big. Something that you're interested in and you can go volunteer, you will find like people and like-minded people that you can get with or you can go pick up trash on the, you know, you could whatever work at the animal center. Find something that you love to do and you want to give yourself and just start and just do it. Just do it. Nike, Nike, I guess, had it right, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They sure did. <laughs> well, this has been an absolute delight. Jan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Well, thank you. Absolutely. And for more information about Miss Texas, please visit MissTexas.org. And that will do it for this episode of Fun and Fundraising. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.